Welcome to a new episode of Monroe Must Hangs. I'm your host, Director of Sports Information, David Spiegel. And here with me today is the only head football coach that Monroe College has ever known. Please welcome Terry Card. All right. Great to be with you this afternoon. Appreciate it, Coach Card. Thanks for coming on. Uh, been hoping to have on, you on here for a while, so I'm glad we can get this done. Um, so, Coach Card, you started off with Monroe in 2011. And you're, like I said, you're the only coach we've known, started up the program from scratch. And it's been a very successful run to this point, I would say, especially the last few years, just really the peak of the program to this point. Um, but I want to start at the beginning for you today, because um, I want to make sure our audience knows a lot more about you than what they know from the surface. So uh, my first question for you today is, where did, you, where did your interest and passion for football begin? Well, that goes back quite a long ways. Um, I, you know, I was very, very interested in football at a very young age, probably second grade. I can remember going out to recess uh, during grade school and playing tackle football on the cement with my classmates. Um, you know, growing up in Seattle, Washington, you know, you're going to have a lot of time uh, out at recess with damp, wet, wet days. So instead of going uh, – on the grass, we would play tackle football on the cement. And um, so as crazy as that sounds, uh, when I went into third grade, I had an opportunity, a, a really, uh, another classmate of mine, uh, his father was a football coach of a little league team. So I started playing football in third grade and I can remember uh, vividly to this day, um, asking my parents if I could play on the team and they were thinking about it. And, my father would go to work pretty early, about 6 a.m. or so. And I remember getting up really early and sitting on the couch and, you know, waiting for them to make the decision because um, that was going to be the first day of practice, you know, in the afternoon. And my father said, yeah, you can do it. So that was, uh, you know, where it all started in third grade. And I played or coached football every year since I was eight years old. Uh, that's great. They could start. And uh, it was definitely it was tackle football back then, too. Yeah, I was playing tackle football starting in third grade. And, um, you know, really that was just, uh, you know, a step up from the playgrounds and playing tackle football in the cement in second grade. But, um, you know, I've always really, truly enjoyed the sport. You know, I really, I love it. I love every aspect of it. And, um, you know, now, now being the coach, there's not a part of the, of the job that I don't enjoy. You know, whether it's the recruiting, uh, it's the uh, off-season training, it's the mentoring of the young men. And then, of course, the practicing and the playing the games on Saturday afternoons. When did you figure out that your skill set set you up to be a quarterback? Well, I was fortunate. I was always able to throw the ball, um, you know, fairly far from my age and or my size. I was always this, one of the smaller players uh, in my grade and then on my teams. Um, Probably realized I had some ability with it uh, by 10th grade. And then there was an opportunity on my varsity football team at Shoreline High School in Seattle, Washington, to compete to, for the quarterback uh, position on the varsity. And, and I went for it. And, uh, you know, I had a, a really good mentor, Stan Toloff, was my coach then. Uh, he did a great job uh, of making me comfortable uh, at playing the position and then also developing, you know, you know, the other things that go along with it, you know, the competitiveness, the poise, and just, you know, always feeling just real comfortable with the way he coached me. 
And then at what point did you know that you were going to kind of continue your career in college and then eventually uh, make it into the pro ranks as well? Well, I, I was really fortunate. You know, I've always been fortunate. I still to this day feel that I'm fortunate. Um, when I got, uh, you know, to my senior year of high school, I, I was pretty confident I played collegiately. Uh, you know, being a student athlete and, and, and playing quarterback. And I went to a junior college myself uh, back in 1987. I was there for two years. I uh, had a great experience. Uh, I think that helped me with the moving to the opportunity Monroe College in 2011, having that two years of experience right out of high school uh, as a college student athlete. Uh, a lot of challenges my first couple years uh, with injuries. I, I suffered a, a severe broken leg my freshman year and uh, a couple uh, shoulder injuries my second year, but fortunately I was able to play in games my second year and finish the season. And I moved on and went to Grand Junction, Colorado my junior year and played at Mesa State uh, for a man I'm very fond of, Bob Cortez. Uh, you know, as I said, the, my junior college experience was tremendous. I had a great relationship with my coach there, but, you know, Bob Cortez made a man out of me. You know, by the time I left, you know, Grand Junction um, in December of 1989, uh, I made a tough decision at that point to come back and play at Central Washington. But when I left Grand Junction uh, there for the holidays, I, you know, Bob Cortez had made a man out of me. And it really helped me uh, moving through my life, you know, into, you know, the end of my college playing days and, and being a student and then, you know, into my early 20s and raising a family and things like that. Um, you know, I've just been fortunate to come across the coaches that I've uh, been forced to play for. Uh, Wayne Perter, my first two years at my junior college at Yakima Valley Community College, uh, my junior year at Mesa State, Grand Junction, Colorado for Bob Cortez. And then I finished up, uh, you know, at Central Washington University and, uh, you know, had a, another great experience. So I tra traveled around a bit, you know, to play. But, you know, I got to play a lot, you know, as a college student athlete. And there's a lot of reward in that. Um, I think, you know, one thing that goes with being a student athlete and uh, playing intercollegiate athletics is it's important to go where they really want you to be. And um, I think that makes the experience that much better. So those things worked out well for me. And at what point did you know you'd have the opportunity to make a career out of football? Probably um, the latter part of my senior year in college. I felt there may be an opportunity for me to continue to play. Um, I really wasn't sure what was going to happen. Uh, I can remember um, our season was over my senior year at Central Washington. We were the number one ranked team in the country for about 12 or 13 straight weeks. And we lost the national semifinals to a, a school in Pennsylvania. Um, we flew back from Washington State all the way back to Pennsylvania and played our opponent. They defeated us. And I can remember, um, you know, not being unsure about whether I'd play again. And then uh, one, it, was a, it was a Saturday morning. My college coach, my senior year at Central Washington, Mike Dunbar, called me. And he said there was going to be a scout from the British Columbia Alliance of the CFL at Husky Stadium in downtown Seattle uh, on Sunday. Well, the truth of the matter is I really wasn't in shape. I, I hadn't done a lot of things to prepare for that. So nonetheless, I went and I had the workout. It was myself and three other uh, college players that they were working out. And at the end of it, you know, it, it, it didn't go the way I'd wanted it to. But I, my body at work for, on that day led me to actually go up to Vancouver for another workout. 
And fortunately, I, I they signed me to a contract, and that's when I was, uh, you know, moving from the collegiate ranks to the professional ranks. And uh, I was able to play for about eight years after college. And uh, that and you're talking about fortunate and, and rewarding and fun. So it was probably the middle or latter part of my senior year in college. But, you know, I'm going to be really honest. Um, you know, I played with a lot of great players in college, both at, at uh, you know, Yakima Valley, Mesa State, and then at Central Washington as my, my senior year. We had a great defense, great defensive players. Um, we were really, really solid on offense as well. And, you know, we had a really nice year. But, you know, the reason why those things happen is the people that surround us. And those are the things that help catapult us to the opportunities, you know, to keep doing the things that we love to do. That's great. And, um, you know, just knowing your resume a little bit, I've seen kind of all the different stops you've made in your professional career. And, you know, some of the, some of the things you see are, are um, you know, different leagues that um, you hear about throughout the years, uh, how they've changed, uh, like the Arena Football League, you said the CFL, and uh, even NFL Europe, which famously is where Kurt Warner got his start. So what was it like you playing professional football, especially American football, overseas? Extremely satisfying. Um, you know, as I said earlier in our, our uh, conversation here this afternoon, I, I really love football. So, you know, to be able to play it into my late 20s and then move on from playing into coaching, uh, you know, it's, it's just been really, really rewarding for me. Um, back when I was playing in the Arena League, I, my first year was 1993 in Tampa Bay. And uh, I was playing with Jay Gruden at the time, who was uh, most recently the head coach of the Washington Redskins. And now he's a offensive coordinator with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I got to play with him, talking about a great guy and a great competitor and just a really, really great uh, quarterback, in, you know, in the league. Uh, so that was great, you know. And I actually, uh, in 1995, I actually played against Kurt Warner when he played for the Iowa Barnstormers. And then shortly after that, he went into NFL Europe. So I was in NFL Europe a couple of years before Kurt, but what Kurt Warner was doing, he was tearing up the arena league, you know, at that point in the mid nineties, he, he signs an NFL contract. I believe he got allocated over to NFL Europe and he played a season there. And then the rest is really history. I mean, he goes on, has, you know, a tremendous NFL career and, and was really outstanding for two different NFL organizations. So, um, you know, to be able to be, you know, on the same field with those guys and to see them flourish in their careers. It's just really, it's really fun to see. That's really cool. I, I didn't know about that, that story about Jay Gruden. So uh, it's, it's, it's great that people you, you connect with just by uh, yeah. playing at all different levels and the yeah, names you hear that you wouldn't be surprised about. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, it just comes back to timing and people that help you get to where you're going. And, and like I said earlier, it's good fortune, you know, and Jay's a great guy. He's a lot of fun. He's an extremely competitive guy. But the thing that I really, you know, was extremely, um, you know, impressed by with Jay was he had so much fun playing football. And uh, it was fun for him. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, when it was game time, he, he was just an ultra competitor, you know. And you could see that at times, in, you know, on the sideline with the Redskins as well. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really glad to see that he's, you know, he's bounced back here. He's, with, he's in Jacksonville. And, you know, I think he'll be in the NFL, NFL, excuse me, for many years to come. Yeah, he and his brother alike, of course. Um, so what was, what was the process of kind of winding down your playing career and becoming a coach 
Well, I ended playing uh, in the Canadian Football League with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, some things, you know, really came into perspective for me. Um, you know, it wasn't uh, the most ideal situation for me, and it has nothing to do with anything that I would have anything negative to say. I just got to the point where I felt that for my family, you know, you know, at that point in time, it was 1998, and I had three daughters, um, you know, six, four, and, you know, a few months old, you know, my third daughter. And I just made a decision that it was time for me to move away from the playing and the movement around the country, you know, and with the playing opportunities and try to become a little more stabilized with what I was doing, you know, as far as, you know, what I was in my employer or what I was doing for work. And so I made a decision in August of uh, 1998 that I was going to move forward into, into coaching and step, you know, you know, step away from being a football player. So what was the first step along that journey of coaching? And then how did that all lead to Monroe College? Great question. Okay. Bob Cortese, who was my college coach, my junior year, became the office coordinator of the Portland Forest Dragons in the Arena Football League in 1998. So he was there one year. They had their season in 1998. And in 1999, they were looking for uh, two or three uh, younger coaches on the staff. And um, really, my, uh, you know, relationship with, with Coach Cortese led for me to get that first opportunity as a coach in the Arena League. So I was an offensive assistant there with the Portland Forest Dragons, uh, did, did some of the pers personnel work for them. And it was just a tremendous opportunity for me. I mean, I didn't get paid very much, but it was more than enough for us to make it with, with uh, you know, my family and, you know, my wife at the time. And it, it was just, it just really was, I was fortunate again. I, I keep saying that word over and over, but, you know, the relationship I had with Bob Cortese led for the, me to get this opportunity as a young football coach. And I, you know, the other coach that I hired was James Fuller and I competed against James Fuller uh, in junior college. Okay, I competed against him in the NFL Europe. I actually played on the same team with him at a, for a, uh, a small, uh, short period of time in NFL Europe. And so myself and James Fuller were both hired in 1999 uh, to coach with the Portland Forest Dragons. And I'm very thankful for not only Bob Cortese, but Stan Brock, who was the head football coach that time with that organization. Where did that kind of, where did that lead you to after that first experience was done and kind of, how did you find yourself climbing the ranks a little bit over the years? Well, that initial year uh, in Portland uh, led for me to get uh, the office coordinator opportunity with the Los Angeles Avengers in the Arena Football League. Stan Brock had hired me into that role. Again, um, you know, Stan played a real positive part into my initial opportunities in coaching and then, then my advancements early, you know, in, with my coaching career. So I was there in Los Angeles for two years. Um, you know, things didn't go as well as we would have liked. And, you know, whenever you're on a staff, uh, you're contributing or you're a part of the success or you're a part of, you know, the things that don't go as well. And, and you, know, you know, you just live and you learn. And I have nothing but good things to say about the organization and the opportunities that were in front of me at that point in time. All right. And then once I left Los Angeles, that's what brought me to the East Coast. All right. I, I was, you know, I was born and raised in Seattle, Washington, and, and uh, we were in Los Angeles at the time in the late 90s. And when I lost my job um, 
early 2000, it was 2001, I got an opportunity to coach the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Pioneers with startup opportunity. So I was able to uh, be a part of a startup opportunity there, you know, being named the head coach, uh, you know, in their inaugural season in uh, 2002. So that opportunity uh, in Pennsylvania is really what Bob brought me to the East Coast. And I've been here ever since, since about, uh, see, it would be September of 2001, I've been on the East Coast. So of course, right there, you're explaining you already had experience with a startup program. And in 2011, you're brought into Monroe College to, again, start up a program. Uh, what do you think it was back then, you know, when you first interviewed and came in at the college that, that maybe the Jerome family or the athletic department saw in you that said that this is the right guy to run this program? Well, that's a great question. Um, we should probably interview uh, uh, the Jeromes. But... Um... You know, I had a plan. Uh, I put a lot of study into what it would take into and into how, how we would be done. Uh, I understood the ins and outs of what it would cost. And I also understood, you know, what football would be from a positive standpoint for Monroe College. Um, you know, I've, I've been pretty, you know, real, you know, good friends with, with Mark Duda at Lackawanna. And um, Coach Duda worked with me in Wilkes-Barre in 2002 and, and we became, you know, pretty good friends. Um, I would say we're probably better friends than the amount that we talk. We don't talk a lot, but when we do, we do a lot of catching up and, um, you know, it's been a great relationship. Obviously it's very competitive because he's the head football coach at Lackawanna, but, you know, Mark Duda is a big reason why I'm the head coach at Monroe College because he had recommended me and my name, you know, my name to, um, I believe it was Lou Melendez at the time when they were doing the research to start the program in, uh, in 2011. And then Coach Duda mentioning my name is what led to starting the interaction between myself and Monroe College. And, and it was Lou Melendez and it was Bert Schillingford at the time who was our, the athletic director. Uh, then I had an interview with David Dimon and, and uh, Mark Jerome in July. Uh, excuse me, late early July and in the late July, I believe it was in 2011, I interviewed with um, with uh, President Stephen Jerome at the time, who's now the chairman. And then I had one more interview, and and then I got the the phone call that I'd be hired. So, um, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to Coach Duda. Um, the way their school operates is is somewhat similar to ours as far as uh, the ins and the outs of it. And in my relationship with Coach Duda really allowed me to be very prepared for the interview and I think that's what led to you know myself being you know pinpointed as the guy to lead the program you know from the get-go. Hey Mustangs I just wanted to tell you about the brand new Monroe Mustang sideline store powered by our apparel partner BSN Sports. Create your own unique piece of Mustang gear by choosing from hundreds of apparel options, colors, graphics, and your choice of the new Monroe Mustangs logo collection. Through the end of November, you could take 15% off when you spend $85 or more on the Monroe Mustang sideline store. Just use the code NOV20. That's N-O-V-2-0. Visit the Monroe Mustang sideline store at monroecollegemustangs.com shop and gear up for the new school year. And as we know today, Lackawanna coming off a national championship appearance last year, and Coach yep. Uda is very highly regarded amongst the junior college ranks. So 
it's definitely a good a good coach to have on your side for sure. Uh, I didn't know you guys had that kind of relationship, so now I'm, I'm I would uh, it's, I'm going to be looking for that on game day now. The next time we see them, because uh, I must yeah. have a fun friendly rivalry for you. It is, you know, I have a lot of respect for Mark. Um, he runs a great program. Um, they do it the right way there. Uh, they're well versed. Um, they're very balanced, and what I mean by that in leadership is. They care about the most important facets of running a program, okay? You got to have academics as a part of it. You have to have social development and social um, interaction on a positive level and positive experience for your student athletes. And then obviously the part, you know, that the third part of it is just develop them, developing those players athletically to their fullest ability. And they do an amazing job there or that, um, you know, to be up here in the Northeast and uh, – you know, we have our own unique, what I would say, competitive climate up here. I think it's a, it's a bit underestimated around the country and in the NJCAA. Uh, but, you know, Coach Stevens at the forefront of, of, you know, being the head football coach in one of the best programs in the country. And, you know, that's one of the great things about when we get the opportunity to play them. It gives us, you know, the opportunity to play the best, you know, one of the best teams in the country each and every year. And, and uh, when you look back through, you know, our conference and or our teams up here in the Northeast, you know, you learn fast, you know, the things that you need to do to, to get your program competitive or you're going to fall behind real fast. And, you know, out of the gate, we were playing Dean College, Nassau, ASA, and Lackawanna. So those were four teams that were uh, nationally ranked every single year. And you figure out, you know, the bl blueprint that you need in order to be successful and to put, you know, a football team together, uh, you know, to, you know, be competitive. Of course, that success did start pretty quickly, but I want to start from the very beginning of the program and just ask, uh, what was it like trying to recruit your first class here and filling up a football roster for the first time at a, at a brand new program? Well, it was, it's challenging, and I go back to those four teams I just mentioned, Dean, all right, Nassau, ASA in Brooklyn, and Lackawanna. Okay, those were established programs when we came when we came in you know, to existence in 2011. And then we started recruiting for the fall of the 2012 season. Well, basically what happens is they're using their experience and what they've done against you. So out of the gate, you're, you've got some challenges. All right. And one of the decisions I made early was we would play with an entire freshman football team. So we were going to take our lumps. All right. You're playing against, you know, programs with two-year players, freshmen and freshmen and sophomores and some of those players that are sophomores have redshirted years so they're 20 or 21 years old and then we're playing with 110 freshmen and we actually had two sophomores our starting running back was a sophomore and we had a uh, a offensive guard that was in our rotation you know for our offensive line we had 110 freshmen so we took our lumps you know I made that decision because I wanted to start the program with players that I felt we could we could hone and mold in a manner that would be more progressive and, and in a manner more fitting to what my vision was than if we had a bunch of players from all over, you know, five kids from the Midwest that played already at a college, five, five players from the South that played at a college, and then comes in and they have all their own ideas. They, they may have some of their own ideals, and I just felt it was better to mold a football team with, with a very, very young group. And so the first year, the team went two and six, but obviously picking up two wins right off the bat is, is big for a brand new program. But 
the success really came very quickly the next season when the team won seven games, including the final six of the 2013 season. And that also includes the first program's first win over a team like Lackawanna. What, what kind of flipped the second year? Was it having a bunch of sophomores that knew the pro system or something else? Well, what, what, the way it, it, it unfolded was all those freshmen got to play. So there's a great, you know, majority of players the second year that were, you know, in their sophomore seasons had already had their feet wet, you know, playing against that, you know, an eight-game schedule as freshmen in 2012. You know, we took our lumps, okay? Those guys had a great off-season in the weight room and the conditioning that we did, you know, we were able to get about 11 practice in the spring, in the spring of, of 2013 in and which was very productive for us. So we had a, a group of players for the 2013 season, you know, that were seasoned. You know, they'd been, in, they'd been through the schedule, they'd been in the battles, and that's what, you know, put us in a position to have a 7-2 record in 2013. You know, we had a good quarterback, Clayton Turner. Um, he did a really good job for us. Um, you know, we had a you know, very, very good on defense. And I'll tell you the, the thing about that football team in, in 2013, they were resilient. We won a lot of close football games that year because they were resilient, they were tough, and they were battle-tested. You know, they were battle-tested from 2012. So talking about something that was, you know, really fun, you come out of the gate, you take your lumps, you know, you have a vision. And then in 2013, our coaching staff did a tremendous job. Our, our defensive coordinator, Chris Karate, and the staff there on defense, they did an amazing job, you know, and our offense developed. And, uh, you know, Frank Caro at that time was, uh, you know, our offensive line coach, and he did a tremendous job in re recruiting players into our program. So my hat's off to some of those coaches that were with us early and uh, really helped set up where we are now. You know, it, it's, two th it's, you know, we're going into 2020, 2021 now. The reason we're here and we're talking about some of the success we've had in the last three or four years, it's because of what players did in 2013 and 2014 and 2016 and so on and so forth. All right. It's, it's really, it's about a journey. Okay. You're building a road. Okay. And the road has taken us to the point where we are now, but we're going to continue building the road. And you did mention that the last three or four years have been very successful and actually team has won at least seven games each of the past four years and uh, I've experienced three of those seasons and I knew coming in that this was going to be a good football team so from from one thing I've seen from the last few years is that it seems that if you look at just the stats it looks like it's a team that runs the ball a lot and plays really good defense including being the number one ranked defense a couple of years ago and just being up there near the top of the entire NJCAA the last few years but when you watch the offense and, you know, you see the tape, you see the games that you still have also had a dynamic quarterback that while they can, while they can run the ball, they also throw the ball well. So what, what is it that you think has uh, helped to create some sustained success the last few years for your team? I think the bottom line is, is players. You know, we've, we've been, you know, done a really good job. I feel our assistance in the recruiting um, we've been able to, continue to grow the program through the recruiting uh, that we do. Um, I think that the recruiting, when we talk about offense and quarterback play, it's also the players that we've surrounded those quarterbacks with. You know, we've had some outstanding, you know, you know, quarterback play in the last four or five years. You know, going back to 2016, we had uh, Aaron Williams out of Massachusetts, and then we had Sean Kelly was his backup. 
Sean Kelly goes into a game and I believe it was 2017 and throws five touchdowns against uh, Lackawanna. Um, Jalen Brown, you know, plays for us uh, 2018. Uh, does a tremendous job as a dual threat quarterback. You know, and unfortunately for Sean Kelly, he was injured and missed three or four games uh, his sophomore year, you know, in our program. But that gave Jalen a chance to get his feet wet as a redshirt freshman and, and set up his success, you know, to become, you know, he was the most valuable offensive player in the Northeast region, you know, his second year here. And then then Dom Schaffner comes in and transfer into our program for North Carolina Central, um, you know. And, and we just, you know, have that consistency of that position. But really, it's the recruiting and the players that, you know, surround the quarterbacks as well. I could sit here and talk all day about, you know, the things that those guys did and, and the things that they do well and, you know, their personalities and their leadership and their, their positive intangibles that they have as quarterbacks and, you know, as leaders. But we've surrounded those guys with better players each and every year, and I give a lot of credit to our coaching staff for that in the recruiting process. And now the last couple of seasons, of course, we've seen the most success the program has seen to date so far, making bowl games in back-to-back -back years, uh, becoming a highly ranked program, well-respected across the country, uh, even reaching up to number seven this past season uh, before getting the second bowl invite. So let's go back to 2018, getting that first invitation to the Graphic Edge Bowl. Of course, I'm wearing my sweatshirt from that game. Um, yeah. Just... I remember, I remember the day, and I remember how excited you were to talk to the team about getting that invitation. So you walked me through that experience of being able to tell the team that they earned that spot for the first time, and then the whole experience of actually attending the bowl game, doing the banquet, going through practices, staying in the hotel, all, all of that. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a really exciting way to, you know, you know, cap off a, a successful regular season. You know, we did, you know, our football team did things in 2018 to put us in that position turn the op opportunity and the invitation to go to that bowl game um, back in Iowa. We've got, you know, we've got the opportunity to play against, again, one of the better teams in the country. Um, but it just makes you feel amazing inside to be able to tell, you know, your football team, you know, the opportunities in front of them. It's basically it's the reward for their body of work throughout the course of the regular season. So it was just something that was extremely exciting. It just, it almost, to this day, it still gives me goosebumps to just talking about it here. Um, and, uh, so that was just a great experience all, all around. I got to experience both both games as well. So I know that those were just some of the better experiences I've had as a, uh, sports information director as well. So now the second year you get invited once again, after an eight win season, you get to go to the Salt Lake city to the Salt city bowl, excuse me, this time around in Hutchinson, Kansas, which is the home of many NJCAA championships, our basketball teams have been out there, our volleyball teams have been out there. And so now you got this experience as well at a place that's really well known in the NJCAA, going out there to play the number three team in the country, made it a really competitive game, had a lot of big plays in that game. Um, I know I really enjoyed that experience up in the press box as well. So what was it like going to your second bowl game, knowing you had sophomores and coaches that have experienced this before and uh, going to do your best to earn that first bowl game win? Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind is rewarding. I mean, uh, consistent uh, season again in 2019. We know we lost two tough football games, lost to Lackawanna, and we last, lost on uh, in the last 10 seconds against ASA. Um, you know, so we were, you know, we, were, we were really close to being, you know, 9-1. So I felt, you know, really good about the opportunity to go back and play in Salt City Bowl. It's the number three team in the country at that time, uh, Hutchinson Community College, you know, 
Lackawanna was playing for the national championship uh, a couple of days before we actually played in that game. So we had played one of the best teams in the country already. Um, so we were really, you know, looking forward to that opportunity. We played really good football in that game. Um, in fact, we were in that game up until uh, the middle or latter part of the third quarter. Then they started to lean on us a little bit and, and got the better of us there in the last 15 to 18 minutes. But I was really proud of our football team, the way they went back there and competed. And, uh, you know, just the resilience that they showed, you know, during the course of, of that game, you know, on Hutchinson Community College's home field there. But it was just a great experience, again, for our program. I think the thing that I take away from it is, you know, get to see our players compete in another football game, you know, on that type of a stage against an elite football team in, in you know, in the country at the junior college level. And uh, it provides a blueprint for me, uh, you know, as the head coach and our staff of the things that we need to do in order to go back and win a football game like that. Okay. And it also gives our players that are coming back a similar blueprint and or understanding for what they need to do, you know, to get better as, as players and maximize their ability. Yeah. I remember that game was much more competitive than the score said. I, I know up in the press box, the media is the ones who, they're the ones who, vote and decide on who wins the, you know, post-game awards, offensive MVP, defensive MVP. And throughout the whole game, it was it was unanimous that a Monroe player was going to be winning defensive player of the game. It ended up going to Tim Donahue. I remember Heath Steven was also right there next to him. Uh, yet both guys had just huge games on defense. And, uh, and I know that a lot of the people up there were very impressed by our team. So it just goes to show uh, that things are working with this program. And, and hopefully soon we're going to, you know, we're going to make it a consistent thing. Keep going back to these bowl games and uh, get, get one of those wins soon. I'm sure it's going to happen. I would have to bet on it. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that, that we want to, you know, really work and strive for now is consistently, you know, competitive football team. You know, we want to be competitive each and every year. Uh, we want, you know, all of our players to graduate. We want all of our players to move on. So it's not just about the record during the season. Of course, that's important. Um, but behind the scenes or, you know, something that should be talked about is we want all of our players to graduate and move on. And, you know, it's been really nice to see that a lot of our players have been able to use Monroe College as a stepping stone to move on to four-year institutions at the NCAA level and, the, and also the NAI level. Yeah, we've seen a lot, especially in the last few years, a lot of athletes that are moving on from the football program to some pretty big Division One programs as well, whether it's uh, scholarships or walking on, earning that spot. And one thing that did happen in the last couple of years is that we actually had our first Monroe alumni make it to the NFL in Tuzar Skipper, who went from Monroe to the University of Toledo before right. being picked up as an undrafted free agent. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, played for the Giants, before going back to the Steelers last year. What's it like for you as a coach to – see a player that you were coaching move on to the professional ranks like that? Well, I'm just happy to see that, you know, he's developed, uh, developed him, himself, you know, not only, you know, as an athlete, but, you know, from the standpoint, of, you know, of, you know, the development as a person as a whole, you know, Tuzar was a very good athlete here and an impact player. Uh, he goes on to Toledo. I believe he played there for three years. Um, and he did well enough there as a football player to go, you know, get to the NFL and compete for a roster spot. I know he made it or was on rosters um, throughout the course of, of last year. And, and I'm just really happy for him. You know, Tuzar's a, a young man that, you know, overcame a lot of adversity in his life. And um, I just couldn't be more proud of him. 
I know when the news broke that he had made the Steelers a couple of years ago and whether it was the practice squad and then he got picked up by the Giants, which I know a lot of people around us were excited about. And then going back to the Steelers that a lot of people around campus were talking to me about it, about him and uh, just goes to show what an impact he had at Monroe and just that he had a lasting effect on the program and uh, Monroe College as a whole. Yeah. Um, so Absolutely. now we look forward to what is technically 2021 for us. Um, this whole, the fall 2020, instead of having our athletic season this year, it's put because of COVID-19 pandemic was pushed back to 2021 and we're going to be playing the spring season for the first time ever. So I want to talk about what it's been like having to go through the fall, doing all your workouts, um, going through practices, not having games to prepare, prepare for yet. Uh, what was it like throughout the semester running your program and having to deal with the different protocols and everything that goes along with it right now? Well, the first thing I would say is that, you know, it was a real pleasure just to have our players back on campus and be able to be around them, uh, be able to coach them um, and do all the things that are part of our interaction as a football team, you know, from the coaching staff, to the players, the trainers, uh, you know, the people in academic support, people in admissions, everything that goes, you know, with, the entire program. Um, it was just great to be back together, number one. Um, I think the thing that you have to make the priority is whenever you're um, working with students, you know, in higher education, uh, you have to make sure it's safe. Okay, safety and secure, excuse me, safety and security is paramount. And, um, you know, we did that. And uh, I think it's been a really uh, a positive, you know, opportunity and time spent for us. But, you know, when you're managing, uh, running a program or, or, your, or, a, or a college or what have you, when you have the, the, the challenge with the pandemic, you know, it's, 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 it's a little tricky. It's different. Okay. You've got to be patient. Uh, you've got to work through some things. But like I said, number one, you just got to make sure that, that it's safe and secure for everybody that, that's around you. What's it been like for you as a coach knowing that you kind of have this routine every year and, you know, all, you know, July and August come around and you start preparing for the season. You have the guys come on campus and within a month you're playing games and this time around that wasn't the case. Now, of course, the um, non-traditional spring season that you usually have when you play spring ball and practices didn't really happen either. So this is kind of making up for it. But what's it like having the fall semester to prepare for a potential spring season? Well, I would say that the whole thing, the way it's unraveled with the changing of the seasons, uh, basically, as you mentioned right now, you know, we're in the fall and we're basically done some things similar to what we would have done in the spring. So we're doing spring ball now in the fall and we're going to play our season in the spring. It's been a little bit of a shock, to be honest. You know, um, I think that for myself, I did what I could to mentally prepare myself for these differences and, and to overcome, you know, not coaching in games here in the fall. And I think overall myself and then the, you know, the rest of our coaching staff has done a good job uh, with that. And then we've allowed for the experience we've had with our players, you know, since September to be positive, but you know, it, it's something that hasn't been easy to get used to, but you have to work through it. I think you have to overcome these challenges, make the most of the opportunities in front of you and just, uh, you know, make the most of each and every day. And that's the way we've approached it. 
it's, it's good to hear from you from that from you as well, because I talked to a bunch of our other coaches as well during this time. And everyone's really going through the same thing, no matter if they're a traditional spring sport or a fall sport, we're kind of everyone's preparing in the fall to have a season in the spring. So yeah, I'll, yeah. it's been a, it's been a similar theme really where, you know, it's kind of getting adjusted to a new format, a new protocol, a new timeline. And I know we're all very hopeful that everything works out perfectly for a spring season to begin. Uh, and then we'll, you know, we'll figure it out from there. You guys are going to be going from colder weather to warmer weather as the season goes along. So that's going to be something different. And, uh, you know, I, I know right now it's, we're actually in the middle of virtual homecoming week for Monroe College. And usually one of the highlights of uh, homecoming week is the athletic events over the weekend. And the football game is one of the main events of homecoming week. Obviously, we don't get that right now, but we still have plenty to look forward to here. So I want to know, um, now that you've had the entire fall semester with the team and you've, you know, you've seen what your guys can do, you've seen what your recruit class this year looks like and the returning sophomores, what are some things we can look forward to once the season does begin? Oh, well, competition number one, all right, uh, getting the opportunity to play against, you know, the other colleges in the Northeast, obviously. Um, you know, I, I feel like uh, we have a, a solid football team. You know, we're still working to put everything together, all right, uh, as far as, you know, molding the new players, the returning players, and, and preparing on offense, defense, and then, of course, special teams. But I'm really excited about our football team, and I'm really looking forward to continue, continuing to work, you know, with them uh, throughout, the, you know, the, the end of this semester and then when we come back in January as well. I know it's definitely one of the one of the things I'm looking forward to. Of course, I look forward to every sport. And come yeah, the spring great. season, it's going to be the first time ever we really have every single season overlapping with each other, which, you know, of course for you, I hopefully doesn't make too much of a difference. But for me, it's going to be, you know, everything piling on. But, yeah, right. you know, it's been so, been so long since we've had athletics that, you know, I kind of welcome that challenge and I'm, I'm bringing it on because, you know, it's what we like to do. So, um, yeah, you're, you know, uh, you're, you're going to have a lot of sports of one another all at the same time all right but you know right now I think what's important is that you know we get this sophomore class an opportunity to play in the spring all right this you know get a season in the books uh give them the opportunity to continue to work through graduate and get recruited you know to their next destination uh where they're going to go and play another two or three years and work towards earning their bachelor's degree and perhaps a master's degree uh, you know and those things that go along with you know the the college experience and the reward of, you know, earning that degree and, and, and uh, you know, help allowing that to help enhance their lives in the years to come. I agree. And I think that's, again, a common theme in Monroe College that we want to make sure that all of our athletes are succeeding, not only on the field, on the court, but also in the classroom. Uh, so coach, we're running out of time here today. I want to thank you so much for uh, sitting down with me, uh, getting this interview done. Uh, I'm really happy to finally have you on the show. Um, very much looking forward to the next season. Uh, the last few seasons have just been an incredible amount of fun watching this team and how, and how it grows. So I'm really looking forward, really hopeful that we're going to have a really great season coming up uh, this spring. So uh, again, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, for those watching, make sure you're checking out all of our past episodes as well as this one on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Monroe Mustangs. We are also on our Instagram page on IGTV at Monroe Mustangs. And you can listen to this in podcast form on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure you subscribe. Coach, thank you so much again. Stay safe. 
enjoy homecoming week and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. All right. Hope we can do it again sometime in the not too distant future. Sounds good. Maybe we'll do it in person next time. All right. All right. Have a good day. Thanks, Coach. Stay safe out there, everyone.